1: This is
0: the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello everybody, we did it, Math. We're on time, the internet works. Uh, This is a minor miracle. Hello everybody, welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show. Yeah, it's Mm. gonna be good. It's brought to you by today, uh, the cool, refreshing taste of whitewater beer. And the reason why we're going to celebrate today, it's a toast, I'm gonna say to Pierre Dorian and the rest of the staff. it's been an outstanding day to be an Ottawa Senator fan. Yeah. And by the way, you can taste the, yeah, that's a, the cool, refreshing taste of the Sunsetter beach beer. It's a beach logger. It's very good. Shop whitewater.ca use the wham dash funky fresh coupon code and, uh, enjoy and drink along with us. Uh, by the way, uh, if you don't know, Claude Giroux is a member of the Ottawa Senators as odd as that may seem to say, uh, congrats to all the Sens fans who willed this into action. Um, meth i know that we're both kind of surprised because let's be honest signing claude Giroux or a player of that caliber after bringing in alex to brinkett didn't seem like the way the senators were the last five six years so um this is a huge shift in the way that they're thinking
1: yeah i mean you bring into brinkett that sort of gives you that immediate gratification as a fan or media analyst you know we're all Clamoring for another top six guy, and we finally have one now. And and then they get Giroux. So, um, you know, for me, for me, it's huge in in that you've got a player now that instantly will improve your your lineup, instantly will improve your power play. And I'm not just talking to here, I'm talking Claude Giroux. And it's it's the stuff that he brings off the ice too: the leadership, the locker room presence, all that stuff is instrumental. So it's and he's going to be highly motivated. That's another thing that I think people sometimes yep. forget is that. He's got an opportunity now. Being a veteran, you know, things can get stale, right? You've been around the NHL for a long time. You're kind of going through the motions, and you know how to play properly. You know what you're doing. But this might just juice him up that much more, right? So now all of a sudden, he's playing in his hometown in front of his family members, his close friends. I know he's got a lot of... He's got a tight-knit group of buddies here in town. I've met them all. I know them well. Um, So I'm very happy for him. I mean, I know that he wanted at least from what I my understanding, Wally is that he wanted to stay and he wanted to make things work um, and and it it didn't work it didn't work out for him. I think Philly was also another option that I think was was floating out there. Uh, but he gets to play in his hometown now and um you know we're all excited for him. I'm pumped too because it's gonna be fun to watch him and see what he brings to this group.
0: Uh, as I said earlier, the sends are on Claude nine. I know you appreciate <laughs> all the you love uh, your puns. I- Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was better than finding the G spot. So, um, well, Jesus. Oh (laughs) boy. Really? Okay. That's, that's going to get cut for sure. (laughs) The, uh, if you go to sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought, the odds are changing. Uh, it's seemingly by the day on the Sens being favored to win the Stanley cup, they're at plus 5,000. So before we say that they're a Stanley cup contending team, they are way back at plus 5000 but if you were to throw a couple bucks down it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world yeah, um so enough. math i'm going to start right away before we even get to all the other stuff are the ottawa senators now without even the changes to the blue line that we expect perhaps to happen are the ottawa senators currently a playoff team uh, uh
1: currently as it stands no at least i don't believe they are uh they're 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 heading in the right direction, Wally. But we also can't lose sight of the fact that all those teams, or just about all of them, I believe, uh, what, they all have 100 points going into the postseason last year. So yeah. you have to think, okay, what team do they stack up well against? Who's going to be bumped out of the equation? And and I think the bigger the bigger situation or issue for me right now as to why I'm saying they're probably going to be on the outside looking and it's still the defense thing. So full marks. Pierre Dorian in the management group right now. They've done a fantastic job. I know I'm basically just regurgitating everything that the media has been saying and fans have been saying on social media today, but um he deserves props for the great job that him and his crew have done so far. Yep. There's still a huge hole, and it's the decor, right? And 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 it's not that the decor is bad per se, but it's still very inexperienced and they still need a top four guy. Who that guy may be, I know we've heard names floating around. We've heard Uh, Uyghur, Marino, um, among others. So, I think right now, to me, it doesn't need to be a sexy offensive or two way guy, it just needs to be a stabilizer. Like, I know people were floating around Manson before he signed, he ended up getting his extension today in Colorado. But a player of that caliber would have been fine for me, on you know, even on that second pairing, whether it be with um, Sanderson or whoever. So again the x factor for me Wally, and you might be able to touch on this too is sanderson able to play top four minutes next year like that's that's to me that's the biggest the biggest question here right i mean we can talk about bringing in another guy which i believe they still need to do they're desperate for that but that's a lot of responsibility that you're putting on a on a newly what do you, you just turn 20 i believe you told me before the show right wally yeah
0: yeah yeah so that's so, that's, 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 a shitload, the...
1: that's a shitload of responsibility to put on a young kid but I'm hoping that it works out. I want to be clear here. So the one and,
0: and it makes me laugh because, by the way, I think I had de conversation about uh, the bottom of page two, and you've skipped right to it already, which I shouldn't be surprised. But I'm sorry, man. Um, when it comes, but I will say with Sanderson, you—I mean—you played 630 games as a National Hockey League defenseman. You don't just come in right away. It's a special, special player that has to come in and be able to play those kinds of minutes. I don't know yeah. yet if that's if he's the guy, and I, that I don't mean anything against it. We literally just don't know if if we were listening to everybody, Eric Brandstrom would be in the lineup and he'd be a top four guy already. That's just not the case, and so I just want to yeah. see if if Sanderson is ready to make that what the way everybody says he is at the moment.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, and that's a see these are fair points, and and this isn't us raining on anybody's parade. I mean, I know that Sanderson, and I spoke to a couple uh, players. That are familiar with his game a little bit um and they were raving about his play at least at the collegiate level yep. right like when he was in when he was at north dakota like he was fantastic and and there have been some comparables floating around out there where you know he was on that same level when healthy with players like adam fox and we all saw that earlier on the if people were paying attention to the tsn panel they touched on that a little bit too and i agree i i, I think if he is on that level you can make an argument that he can step right in and play and contribute. But like, think about it for a second here. You haven't yet played at the NHL level at all. And you're expected to jump in and play 22 some odd minutes a night. I mean, that's a, that's a tall task, but I'm going to pump the brakes on the pessimism and I'm going to wait and see how he does at training camp. I think from it's my understanding. And I spoke to a couple people in the organization. He's fully like developed, like, like physically he is mature. He's strong, yep. he's long, he's a fantastic skater. So, you know, like he's got the tools. It's just that overwhelming uh, first couple games that can really get you as a young player when you're playing at the level because you're starstruck a little bit, right? Like you're playing against other guys that you've been watching on television for years. I mean, that's that's a that's a tough hurdle to get over. So if he can figure that out and get that mental aspect settled in, I think he'll be just fine.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh... We're going to come back to that because we're going to talk about Branstrom later in the show too. But first, back yeah. up to uh, the remake of the top six. And it I don't even know if, if the debrinket stutzla Giroux line, which may or may not be the way it goes and probably is, obviously, to start the year, if that's the number one or number two line. So, like, yeah. I, I i don't know that it gets stated enough, but Alex Debrinket is a two-time 40-goal scorer. Claude Giroux, <laughs> uh, over a 1,000 games, um, He is uh, got the fourth most points in the National Hockey League since 2010 11. Like, these are two high end, extremely high end offensive guys. And um, like last year, they combined to score 62 goals. Well, if you take out uh, Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, which we believe is going to be dealt, there's just, we don't see a spot for him in the lineup. Um, Right. Colin White, Tyler Ennis, um, Gaudette. Well, those are only 31 goals. They just added another, obviously, 31 goals to their lineup. They haven't touched the lineup, right? They haven't had to take anything away to make this forward group better, uh, which is impressive. Like, I I fully, fully uh, give props to Pierre Pierre Dorian, who's done a fantastic job of assembling this group of forwards.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and Wally, like for me, I mean, the, the top six is great. There's no question they've done a fantastic job there. We can all acknowledge that. We can move on from that. Now you look down at their bottom two, their bottom two lines, right? So yep. I mean, you can you can jumble you can you can juggle these lines. You can throw names around. Like I mean, the list that I have is even slightly different from that one. But you can make an argument. The one on the board right now is the is the right one. But so let's assume Connor Brown is gone, right? Like they're going to move on from him. I mean, I, they can't afford him, and you certainly don't want to play. He's he's I, I think at three point six right now. Coming up this season, I believe. He's going to want a a raise obviously. You're not going to give him that going into the third as a third line player. So so you move on from him, that opens up a spot. I still think yeah. like if you can bring in another player, I mean again, these are all just hypotheticals, but you still have opportunity there to bring in another guy. However, if you don't and you decide not to, I'm pretty comfortable with that board right now. The only my only issue right now is that fourth line center I think it's it's I think that's Castellick's spot to lose. I mean Gambrell just signed. He's coming back in, but that player for me, he's sort of that like odd man out like Gambrell. I think is that that's his role. And you're going to have injuries. He's probably going to play a lot of games, but for me, if Mark comes in and has a really good training camp and Wally, you kind of we had a discussion about this yeah. yesterday when you said, "Well, wait, DJ and and Pierre were a little reserved when it came to uh where they saw him coming into the lineup." i think they were just playing with their words a little bit i think they're being very cautious and they don't want to just give him the job right they wanted to make sure he's going into the summer he's training really hard he's highly motivated coming into training camp knowing that this position will not be given to him i still think i like him in the middle because i loved how responsible he was i mean for me great player young he's got a little bite to his game he looks mean he's got the pedigree and the family i just i'm a big fan of that so Parker yep. Kelly, you know that's another question mark for sure. But I mean, he was he was another little bright spot at times. So it's going to be really interesting. But the good thing is, Wally, all your problems now are in your bottom your bottom lines, right? Like you got your top six; they're set in stone. Yes. Now you can play a little bit. And with role players, a lot of that comes down to training camp. How are they going to fare at training camp? They're going to be fighting for jobs. That's the way it's going to go down.
0: I got a question. Only I'm asking you as a NHL player and not excuse me i'm still dealing with my ebola virus is um (laughs) can you keep can you keep that top six happy and i and i don't mean that just to be negative i'm just curious you've got all this power like the power play time somebody's going to not be on that first power play unit and as bobby ryan told us in the last show it's the first unit and then it's eh, whatever right and so I just want to know, can everybody remain happy? Now, winning solves all of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, well, Wally, that's a legitimate question, right? I mean, I think that's something that I think those forwards are thinking about it. I mean, they're all looking at these acquisitions, and the new players that are coming in are also looking at the lineup and thinking, okay, So, because you guys got to remember, forwards are like this. Power play forwards, point guys. They, they've their eyes always on the prize, right? Like they want to produce, they want to produce winning is so important. Everybody acknowledges that, but you want to get yours as a player. It's just the way it is. It's the nature of the beast. It's what, it's what makes these guys NHL players. They're hyper competitive. And so you look at a guy like, so, so you could make the argument. Well, okay. Your top, your top unit, obviously up front, at least is Kachuk Norris and Batherson. Batherson's the disher Norris is the shooter. Kachuk is your net front presence guy that can also kind of pop out. So, like, where do you where do you put Giroux in there? Where do you put DeBrinkat in there? Or do you just make sure at the start of the season, you tell the guys, listen, guys, we have two units. We're going to use both units. So that first line, the kid's out there, you're not staying out there for a minute and a half. I want you guys changing when you get the opportunity. Like, <laughs> I don't know that you can say that to power play guys, right? Because yeah. if they're out there and they're feeling it and they're handling the puck, like you're not you're not just gonna yank them off the ice for the sake of yanking them off and then sending out your second unit. So there's gonna have to be some sacrifices made for the better, for the greater good. Um, you know, Giroux might have to take a little bit of a step back in his role. Is he gonna be comfortable doing that? I think he I think he can take it a little bit, only in that, you know, sure. he's been around the NHL for a long time. He wants to see the team succeed. He's made his money, he just wants to win games. So I feel like a player like G yep will have that right attitude. I don't know anything about Dabrinkat. Like I I know nothing about him. I saw highlights of him where Patty Kane was setting him up on all his goals. So his production naturally will scale back a little bit too. People need to be prepared for that. That's not just gonna, he's not just gonna come in here and score another 40. I hope he does. But Wally, I mean, when you've got, you saw the highlights, right? Like it's all Patrick Kane two on ones with Dabrinkat, setting him up on those sick passes. So you still get a really good player, but I think people have to manage their expectation level when it comes to these guys.
0: All I know is Alex Dobrynkot scored at will in junior without Patrick Kane as his center. I, so I'm I am going to defend I understand I, I'm that. just arguing with you. I'm telling you, you still have to score the goals. I believe yes. Alex Dobrynkot is a at
1: least a 35-goal scorer next season. But Wally, a lot of players, and I agree with you, by the way, but a lot of players score a lot of goals in junior and don't necessarily... come. Like, a lot of guys... I, like, yes. I know I know he was a very hot guest, but I played with Brandon Prust in in London. He was a tough guy. He also <laughs> put up points. I'm just saying, he didn't exactly turn into a goal scorer when he got to the NHL. So my, no, all I'm saying is... I appreciate is, that. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But to score... Like sixty-five
0: goals in junior is still a pretty impressive feat. All I'm saying is, 100%. the guy knows how to score goals. That it's so got we'll, touch. we'll see. I and I still think yeah. Tim Stutzler can find guys pretty good. Five on um, five,
1: five on five. That line is going to be nasty. Like that's going to be a fun line to watch. Yeah. And then you know, and and I get so excited talking about it because now, like you look at the you look at your other line. Like you've got Formanton and Joseph on your third line, like a speed line with Pinto, who like this this you know like the. His potential, like the ceiling. We don't even know where that is yet. So I I'm real pumped to see those three lines roll when they're all healthy. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Uh Math, a year ago, people would have said Alex Formanton, Shane Pinto, and Matthew Joseph would be the send second line. Yeah. And right? and like they, they would have been content they didn't have any depth. with
1: that. They would have been content yes. with that. And now now you can now you can move on from that. And you've got a real, you've got a legitimate threat. My only concern now, and we can get into that after, like I said, is your defense core. But if Sanderson comes in and does his job immediately, even if you still only have Hamannick and 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 Holdy, I mean, Holden's going to be a mainstay, I think, in the lineup. But but even with those other players, it's not a bad team. My concern is is when we're talking playoffs, getting over that hump, getting into that conversation in May. That's going to be the challenge. But but like I said. Huge, huge success so far uh, over the last couple weeks.
0: Um, by the way, our next conversation is called Happy Campers, uh, after Cam Talbot, uh, brought to you by BEI. Uh, for all your landscaping needs, give them a shout, uh, 613-432-1120. Uh, by the way, they're also hiring. Uh, give them a, sh- a shout on their uh, website, BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. So Cam Talbot. I know you didn't see coming is now on the goaltending tandem with Anton mm-hmm. Forsberg. Uh, so I don't think there's any question their goaltending is better today than it was two days ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. I, you have finally a legitimate tandem, like a legitimate one two punch, and it creates healthy internal competition. So, you, you, you've got two guys now that are highly motivated. They're not young. I mean, Talbot is what, 35? 34? What's he at here? Yep. He's 30, 35 years old. He's so, 30. you know, it, it, yep. yeah. And, and goalies, goalies do tend to have a, you know, a, I, I guess hit their peak later on, as we like to mention. So, long term, you know, I don't see Talbot being here in five years, obviously, but you have a legitimate one two punch for the next couple seasons, assuming that Anton Forsberg can continue his strong play as well. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna to repeat too much of it, but he works very hard. The team respects the shit out of him. So you've got two guys now that can provide consistent goaltending, and you're not gonna get those soft. I mean, I'm gonna knock on wood here, but you're hopefully not gonna get those softies that are coming in that just deflate their group. You know, how many times, Wally, during the season were we watching the wow. games where you know Ottawa was in control, they were playing great. And then all of a sudden, just an absolute muffin goes in. You're just like, oh my God, like this just happened. So they can eliminate that, hopefully. And that'll also be improved by just puck possession, right? Like if your forward group's got the puck more, your decor's a little bit more experienced, a little a little stronger, it's just going to make life easier for your goaltending. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. And I mean, it just, the bigger question, Wally, for me is like, how's Murray going to play in Toronto? That's, that to me is the big one. So, Kate, okay, yeah. Uh, hold on on Matt Murray for a second.
0: Uh, so just <laughs> okay. Cam Talbot, because this yeah. whole Matt Murray thing is, I don't even understand it to, to be honest with you. So uh, there was obviously the issue with Cam Talbot not happy with the obviously the play that Marc Andre Fleury is going to get or the time he's going to get, um, and so he wanted out. But I like, and I know he lost his job in the playoffs to to Marc Andre Fleury. But Cam Talbot finished the year. 13-0-3 uh, with a nine seventeen save percentage and a 235 goals against average. In his last three seasons, yeah. he's a plus 900 save percentage guy. Um, he's he's put up very, very good numbers. I don't know if it's because Minnesota is seen as that defensive-type team, but I still think that that's a very good upgrade to a guy that's kind of flown under the radar. I know he's never really been yeah. that bonafide number one guy or – I know he's played the minutes, but not necessarily, no one really thought Cam Talbot is the number one. Um, I really like him splitting time, which is what I think they're going to do with Anton Forsberg. I believe this to be a, and I think you're going to see with most teams now splitting the playing time and not the, you get 55 games and the other guy gets a lot less.
1: Right. No, no, I totally agree. Wally, And I think that's, that's, that's the big one. And, and, you're going to get a motivated goaltender coming in now that has something to prove as well, which is always a bonus, of course. And, you know, I, I think given the circumstances and assuming the team starts off pretty well and they can get some good confidence going, I think it'll work out. I I, I don't know enough about him in that, you know, at that age, things can go sideways pretty quickly, right? And then, of course, you, you mentioned he yep. was playing in Minnesota. I mean, that was a heck of a hockey team. So this is a little different from that. However, it's also not the same Minnesota team from years back where they were, you know, playing with, under Lemare and other coaches where they were super defensive. This is a different Minnesota team that has a little bit more offensive prowess. They're a little more, they gamble a little more. So he's had to earn his keep there and he's had to make some big saves. So he's a good goaltender. There's no question. Um, again, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I really love that mix up between the two. And it's going to be a dogfight in yep. training camp for that number one spot. Okay, on to
0: Matt Murray, because I still don't understand... <laughs> what the Leafs were doing. And to me, this is more about uh, Kyle Dubas than it is Pierre Dorian. I I know they gave up yeah. Matt Murray, gave up might be the wrong word, plus a third and a seventh round pick, and they're continuing the Senators are going to pay 25% of his salary. That seems like a major win for a guy that both sides wanted to move on from. Like, Matt Murray didn't want to be in Ottawa anymore, and the Sens didn't want Matt Murray in Ottawa anymore.
1: No, uh, that and, became blatantly and obvious. It just it just it just didn't work and and i ottawa made the right call like I mean, you can't just keep giving him all these chances eventually you've got to cut ties and move on and even if matt murray goes to toronto and has a great start or a really good season i still think ottawa made the right call because it's just not worth the gamble with what you have right now from what you've seen in his play over the course of the last two years i mean it's evident that ottawa had to absolutely move on from this so you know I, I know that there was there was no concussion issues there. It was a neck issue. I've you know, I know people in that camp and it was a neck problem. It could Matt Murray play if he had to today. I don't believe he could, but you know, with the with training camp, not until September and moving forward and lots of time until then, he'll be healthy come around that time and I'm sure he'll be motivated. We saw his comments, he was excited to play in Toronto. So, you know, I, I, I think it was just time to cut ties, and I think it's gonna be good for him to move on. Um, but you know, you talk about Dubas, it's a bold move, right? Like if, if this falls apart or Matt Murray just lays an egg in those first five games, how do you think the Toronto media and fan base is going to take that? I mean, they're they're bullish there. Like they're bold. They're always expecting like top tier quality, goaltending, defense core, et cetera. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in Wally and certainly going to be a really difficult market. But if he rolls with it, he'll be a hero. So it's you're you're either gonna be the hero or you're gonna be the villain, they're gonna kick you out of town. It's 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 so interesting.
0: I, I just don't understand that you're taking what I mean, they just set a leaf record for most points in the season or wins or whatever it was, that you're taking a team that's considered a legit Stanley Cup contending team, and you're banking on a guy that struggled for the last three years for the most part.
1: Yeah, okay. Yes. No, it's it's a huge gamble. And that's, I think that's where all the criticism is coming from. I mean, you, you're you in your window right now, right? Toronto Maple Leafs are in their window to win this. And there's a ton of pressure on them. And then you go with an unproven goaltender. I mean, and, and you could make the argument, well, there wasn't, it was pretty thin. There wasn't a lot available out there and they've had, they're, they're up against the cap. So they had to wiggle some stuff around to make room. But when you see other goaltenders moving around afterwards, like Cam Talbot, for example, it makes you wonder, I'm like, what were they thinking? But So they must see something that we haven't. Granted, we've been covering all their games this year, so I don't know who has a better vantage point than Ottawa Sens fans and us. But again, I, I don't want to be too critical of, of, the, of the player because I know he's a really good dude, and I'm, I know guys like him or whatever, but it's a business, yeah. and it yeah. just didn't work for him in Ottawa, and that's just the sobering truth. And he's going to have to move on now, and the Sens fans – gladly it sounds like are moving on as well and we've got a couple we've got some fresh faces one of them being cam talbot i think it's going to be a nice change
0: I, I i the only thing that this makes sense is if you and matt murray have a deal because of the tweet you made last year about the sens being better than the leafs that matt is going to help you out with that. that's the only thing <laughs> i can think
1: of you guys pulled it up well everyone was tagging me in that over the last day and a half or so specifically Especially after they signed to out. and then of course with Giroux, um, people are like poking, and so finally today I'm like I'm just going to retweet this thing and see what it does, and um, I'm not getting any negative feedback this time. Like Toronto fans are awfully <laughs> quiet, so it's it's a good thing. I by
0: the way, for those who are listening on the audio podcast forum, uh, Matt's tweet is Ottawa will have a much better team than Toronto in two to three years. It won't even be close. Okay, do yeah. you? Th- mm we keep going over this i'm just curious if ottawa how far they can jump if other teams decline in the in the atlantic right does does boston take a step back does toronto because i don't know what's happening in goal do they take a step back
1: i uh, yeah i mean you tell me like i like i'm looking at the list now i just pulled it up again um you know like who's going to regress who's who's going to take a significant step back I mean it could happen to anybody. Anybody can just collapse, I guess. But um you know, they're going to need to pick up some big points and I mean Pittsburgh still has their 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 big gun there obviously and Washington same situation yeah. where so I'm looking at those bottom feeders. I I, I shouldn't be calling them bottom feeders. 6, <laughs> 7 and 8. Boston, Pittsburgh, Washington. All three of those teams yep. still have their big leaders. They still have their big names. So I don't know. Like I, I don't know if they're gonna be regressing that much. It's hard to say. And they, they might, but when you've got players of that caliber, Wally, it just doesn't usually happen. So um you gotta hope that maybe Father Time catches up to some of these guys and you know, maybe they don't produce the way they have been. But it's it's gonna be an uphill battle for sure. But I yeah. think what Sense fans need to kind of make sure they're they're aware of and or at least stay stay mindful of is that even if Ottawa doesn't make the postseason this year coming up. It's not the end of the world. As long as you're progressing in the right direction, you're trending upwards, you're in the conversation, right? Like you're in the conversation come, come May, leading into the postseason, where you're fighting for a playoff spot, you are still got all the fans behind you. So, you know, if they go after a top four guy and Sanderson works out, you get consistent goaltending and your forward group, your particularly your core guys, take a step forward yeah, you could have this conversation and there's certainly, it's a possibility. I, I'm i in the firm belief that it's still a long shot only because, like I said earlier, Wally, and I think you can elaborate, those top eight teams, I don't see them inching backwards that much. Like, I think they're still very much in that conversation. They're still very much, it's very much their spots to lose. I, I, I don't know. I, I see Ottawa just barely missing out again this season. Something tells me Washington
0: takes a dip. Um, See, I, I and I looked at that with Boston. I, that, yeah. yeah, Boston to me, like new coach coming in. Is their goaltending strong enough? I do like Jeremy Swayman. I, I, I won't deny that. But is there some? And as you say, father time issues in there.
1: I, I. I don't know, man. Those guys I think, are you know so what? competitive. I'm going to be though. closer.
0: I know, but as we get closer to the regular season here, based on what they do on the blue line. I in the team playoff camp here.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well, okay. Fair enough. So wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think they're going to make the playoffs? Like so? You're you're completely changing your stance now, and you're telling me that yep. the Ottawa Senators are going to make the postseason next season. Uh,
0: yes, based on
1: the way that they look right now. Wow. Okay. I mean that's. Hey, listen. I hope they do. Everyone benefits here in Ottawa. Certainly, you and I benefit from it. So. I mean, I'm all for it. I just don't see it happening. I think it's still a little premature. I think they need another and full I understand season. And you need the hill,
0: yeah. right? The hill is huge. I get the hill.
1: Yeah, it's a big thing. you've got to learn mountain. to
0: do all that. Yeah.
1: But, like, you've just
0: added, and, and again, it's based on that blue line, whoever they put there. Claude Giroux has played 1,018 games. Alex Debrink 368. By the way, uh, other of the top six, they've played the most games of anybody else. So, uh, yeah. Claude Giroux... Thousand eighteen games. The rest of that top six, so those top five, a thousand and forty seven games uh, combined. Yeah. But yeah, but they've got they're starting now to to find their way a little bit, and I think that if they can start to score goals at will, add their uh, Jacob Chikrin type player. I know that's a long shot. I I think that they can do it. Now, but their D yeah. is the question.
1: Yeah, and but even but it's even fun they right like top... when's the last time you had that conversation i know and that's even if they had that top four guy like i'm still trying to compare these lineups to some of the other nhl teams it's it's tight right. for sure so i'm going to i'm with you i mean i get it i get i understand the optimism and oh there's a good shot of g now he's i guess he's with pierre on stage putting on the jersey obviously being in ottawa that's convenient but no i i think i think for me it's it just comes down to the progression you're going to get out of your core, right? Like, so your top guys, you know, and I don't need to name them all. Are they going to take another step forward? You know, and that's that's the big right. thing. So we only we will only know until the season starts and the puck drops. But it is fun to to kind of throw these little equations out there and see what we think is going to stick. Uh, I just yeah. again the the big issue, and I'm going to keep driving this home until they make a pickup for it. Is the defense core? You bring in a guy on D that's going to help out a little bit, stabilize. Either Thomas Shabbat or Jake Sanderson, then we can have this conversation about the playoffs. Agreed. I, I agreed.
0: And so yeah. um yeah. we'll wait to see how it plays out. But I just I just like the fact that you're able to have that debate. So there, Wally. It, it, it's been five so, years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Craig Button, he made a funny well, it wasn't funny. He made a good comment. And so there was two of them. His first concern was that Jake Sanderson is there's like he was adamant here. He, he he was in the camp and belief that there's no chance Jake Sanderson can handle 22 minutes a night in a top four uh, position right now with the Ottawa Senators. I found that bold, but Craig's pretty good when it comes to these prospects. Like this is what he does. So I found that very interesting. I, I don't know where I stand on that because I haven't seen really much of Sanderson play live. So it's hard for me to make an honest assessment on it, but that was something that kind of caught my ear. I'm like, okay, boy, so if Jake Sanderson's not ready to step in and play 22 minutes, that changes all of this. Like, So now this conversation yes. is completely different. So the Sens, the Sens must know something we don't. They must be very confident in this young man's play in order to believe that he'll be in your top four, right? Like, And then if he is in your top four and you believe, okay, we think he can lug the puck enough and he's confident, he's not a liability, it won't hurt his development. Okay, let's assume that's the case. Then what? Do you put them with with Zub anyway? And then the new guy that comes in automatically plays with Shabbat. So those those are the scenarios that I'm trying to figure out right now. Um, I will take a a, um,
0: or I I guess I will make a point that if if the sends you said if the sends new or know something we don't know, every team thinks they're going to make the playoffs. So that's not really fair. Most team, right? Okay, they're just hoping as like as we are.
1: So so my other question for you is that and this is also regarding the decor because you mentioned chick okay would you trade yep. ridley greg for Chikrin, straight up if, if if that was a possibility there might be a sweetener on one side or the other but would you trade one of your time right now in a
0: heartbeat in a heartbeat yeah. it's not yeah. even a question mark for me you're talking about a guy he, that he's a named- stud
1: he's a stud isn't he like he's he's a captain and junior so and you, just like me, you just told me physical presence just
0: told me guys Lots of guys can score in junior. That doesn't make them great NHL players. So I'm just I going could, off the yeah, same, right. right? We don't know if he's going to be a top six player. We're okay. looking at okay, projections. Here. thinking Hypothetical possibility. Okay, I would make that trade in a heartbeat.
1: Okay. So let's assume Ridley, Greg. So, okay. The way we got to break it down is what's his ceiling. So is he a role guy? So he's going to be a third, fourth line player then. Is that what you're telling me?
0: I suspect so. Yeah. Based yeah, on the okay. top six you currently have in your roster.
1: So if he is in fact projected to be a bottom six forward, you know, with respect to his play, he might have an incredibly great long career. I mean, I'm just saying, if he's pegged as a bottom six forward, then yes, I agree. Yeah. You automatically make that trade because you're bringing in a top four defenseman. So that was my concern with the move. And, and that was something that Craig, the the point that Craig Button made was like, he would probably make that trade immediately. I was just curious to hear what most Sens fans would think on that because I know a lot of people here were were really high on Ridley Gregg.
0: I, I think you've got to add something to the Greg part to get Chikrin right. Like, oh, here we you, go. We got to go a little board. Alex,
1: Alex put up a board. Alex is on so we fire got some today. voting. Yeah, yeah, he is on fire. The, <laughs> okay, so so overwhelmingly as it stands, I don't know. Okay, eighty-six votes. That's actually not bad. Good sample. So assuming yep. that's correct, like if I'm a team. And, and, you know, I'm trying to dump a player or maybe I can't sign a player like Chikrin and I need to move on from him. That's a, that's a really good opportunity. Like, you look at a team like Ottawa, for example, all the prospects we have, we have a pool of them. And that's the point I think you were making, yes. Wally, is that at some point, you have to move some of your bodies. You can't just hoard all these picks and prospects, right? You got to use them. So, I, I agree with you there. I guess that's fair. Okay, so,
0: as a trivia question, Meth, how many current on this current roster... How many players of the Senators are actually draft picks of the Sens? Ugh.
1: So you're asking me right now on this current roster, how many are actual yeah, draft like- picks from the Ottawa Senators? One, Correct. two, three, four, five. <laughs> I'm just counting them on my sheet here. Uh, six, seven. I have seven forwards. Is that right? I don't know if that's right. I think I have seven uh, no. forwards. No?
0: Chuck, Batherson, Stutzla, Formington. Yeah. You can add Kastelik, and I don't. Yeah. Uh, and then Shabbat Sanderson. Pinto, the, Pinto. Uh, i missing. No, Shane Pinto. Uh, sorry, he is a draft pick. I was thinking he was uh, selected. I love being right. And then anyway, um, anyway. So it's so my yeah. all my point is it's like six or seven guys. We talk about yeah. drafting all these ten players or seven players every year, and we talk about how they're all going to play one of them is going to play in the national hockey league so you start moving pieces around to get the players you need that's all i'm saying okay it's it's, no and that's we think that all these players that were drafted this year are going to be in the lineup that's just not reality
1: they may play one or
0: two games but they're not regular nhl players
1: okay so you talk about so you're talking to me right now about draft picks so on defense and i i'm almost done talking about the decor but now you've got (laughs) you know if you bring in chick right? You bring in Chikrin and assuming you're probably going to have to give up a couple players at least, right? Or, or or like a a pick and whatever. But if you bring, if you send Greg, you're probably going to need to send a defenseman. I'm assuming. Would you send, who would you keep? Who would you send over if you had to choose between JBD and Lassie Thompson?
0: Uh, I don't care. Either one's fine with me. (laughs) Again, you're trying to build your roster but but I like they're
1: they're the same to me they're interchangeable. Yeah. So okay. I, well I don't I yeah I guess it depends I don't know are uh, you right though in that it's it's an unfair question because both have been very much up and down and so much can change in their development between now and like two or three years from now because they're d men, but yes I mean for me I, I I feel like like JBD he's your more like you know straight you know robotic style defenseman does everything right not a ton of creativity but he's a strong skater he's a strong individual not a huge body and then you've got lassie thompson that's got a little bit more of that flowing puck movement mentality so it's like what do you value more oh here we go (laughs) oh my god he's got another pull up so lassie thompson's the guy you keep there you go so that on my concern with jbd will be – and I'm a huge fan of his, by the way. But my concern with him is I don't know how much better he's going to get. I'm a little concerned there. And I'm not around him like all the the management guys and the coaches are. They are going to see stuff. A big indicator, a big indicator as to what you're going to get out of a player is not in games. It's in the practices. So when I used to practice, like when I was in junior, I would always just be like out of – it's probably a poor example but i always felt like i was really good in practice right because i was more confident i wasn't as shy i wasn't you know I, I felt really good about myself and it took me a while to get over that hump where that started to translate into games and eventually it did by the time i got to my last year in junior and then of course a couple years pro but when i watch jbd i don't know what he's bringing in practice i haven't seen him play but Right now, I'm with I'm in the camp I would keep Thompson only because I, I think he's got a little bit more upside with a puck on a stick. That's all I'm saying. So I think we're at odds here, Wally. I, well, all I'm saying is they're in a – it's now
0: switched to a kind of win mode, win now mode. And if that's yeah. the case, then
1: both of them aren't You're ready right. to play. Ship, so ship one of on. them out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. All I, yeah I'm, so I'm with you. If you can but, add but, Jacob but still, Chicker, I
1: don't care who goes. I know, but but it's but it's an important question because in a couple of years from now, one of those defensemen might end up being an excellent player. And I'm not talking a long time from now. Like, it okay. could be in three seasons. So, so it's so important that you have a really good, accurate assessment on these guys. And I'm sure the team's well aware of who they prefer on the depth chart. But I'm curious. as to, Like, I wish I could just see. I wish I could get into that coach's room and see who they have slotted up ahead of the other. Because those two are very much in the same conversation right now. Yeah, I think Lassie Thompson's ahead
0: of him, only based on Thompson having played more NHL games.
1: And 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 he was better in the games. Now is now is La- I should know this. You would think I would know this. I guess I could just freaking Google it. But is who, which one's older? Is is Lassie a little older than JBD?
0: I feel like oh, Lassie fuck. Thompson is a year older, but I'll tell you in a sec. Um, by the way, it feels like a very good time to say this show is brought to you by Whitewater Beer, the cool, refreshing <laughs> taste of Whitewater. Uh, uh go to shopwhitewater.ca, use the uh volume of thought wham-funky fresh coupon code, 15% off your oh. order. They deliver in Ontario. It's also at the LCBO. It's listen, it's just a really good beer, and you'll really enjoy the Sunsetter stuff. I'm telling you right now. Um, so, oh,
1: so Lassie Thompson's 21. Part. And then uh JBD is mm-hmm. 22. Okay, so they're basically the same age. It's it's a wash. There, it's a, a year means nothing. So, uh yeah, that doesn't really that doesn't really reinforce or do anything to the point I was trying to make. Other than, I think to your point, Wally, you just get rid of one or yep. the other. But I, that's I'm I'm only I'm only hammering this home right now because it might matter when it comes to bringing in a defenseman. Because I'm sure whoever's moving a player out might want a return to fill that spot, right? So. It's anyway, yeah. I'm so curious to see what the team does. I wish I had an inside track on it, but I have no idea. Holy shit. Alex is, if
0: you're listening to this in the audio form, uh the video is much better because Alex has got everything available. I told him we needed one board for the today's show. That was the lineup. And he's Alex, been, uh,
1: Alex Allard, he is a magician. So well, anyway, the, by that's the way, Craig cool. is drunk um, on
0: a beach somewhere.
1: Yeah, he's at the cottage uh, <laughs> Oh shit.
0: uh anyway okay speak still speaking of d in development camps uh we just saw the return i'm shocked people was rumors that there was going to be a d or i guess sean donovan came out and said there was going to be a former defenseman joining it's going to help develop players people thought nope. automatically it was you Nope. nothing so did the Sens contact you? By the way, it's Wade Redden, who we all love, and I'm excited to see him back. He but the guy never ages. He's got like Dick Clark's syndrome. No, he just never ages, although
1: yeah. I guess. No, Dick he's the is right the one he's the guy. Uh, and yeah, he's yeah. And he's he's a he, but he had a he's he's had previous roles now, right? Like where was he working just before he came here? He was a player development guy. He did Nashville. Right? He was with the Predators. Yeah. So he's got experience, and that's that's huge, right? You have to start somewhere and a uh, team like Ottawa and and I was I mean I've been doing media now for a couple seasons and it's like it's kind of awkward I mean I can understand the uh, uh, the conflict if you will because here we are when the team's not doing well we're critiquing the team so it's you know but it, Reds is a great guy he's got a great reputation here in the city and I think for me like when I look at his when I look at what he'll be able to bring I mean he'll be able to help guys out like Thomas Shabbat like when you look at shabby right now needs to get over that hump right like that offensive hump if you will and i think that'll improve when he gets a better partner but his production still isn't necessarily where i I, at least this is what i believe okay and i might be wrong i still think his production could be better i still think he could be a much better threat bigger threat rather on the power play those are areas where i would like to see him take another step forward which i think he will a player like reds offensive minded guy Really smart and poised in the offensive zone, I think can help Thomas. So, um, yeah, it was a great hire by the Ottawa Senators, and it, it, and it's it, cool. it's an immediate impact, right? Wally, like you have the name, um, you know, I mean, we played well. You and I have Proto been talking in some about Ottawa's this, right? best years, right? Like, but if
0: you're Thomas Shabbat or you're JBD or last, and you see Wade Redden on the ice, who's played a thousand games, who was a member of the Olympic team. It was world cup all that stuff exactly and he's now 100%. talking it's huge yeah yeah so it's a no-brainer
1: it's a I, huge I, asset to have when you bring in a retired nhl player of that stature not not a pigeon like me when you bring in a real player that's been an all-star Norris trophy whatever conversations multiple Norris trophy conversations like he's he's he was a terrific terrific defenseman you get, yeah. you've got the player's respect immediately. It's, it's no, it's no question. Like I remember being in the locker room and seeing retired players. And when, when, a, when a significant player would come in and maybe talk to you, you just sat there and listened to him, right? Cause you remember watching him growing up. So, um, yeah, I, again, I, I guess we're kind of beating a dead horse now. It's a great hire. It Yeah. He was so, uh, media members aren't supposed to ask for autographs,
0: obviously. Uh, and this, and I'd cover, wade every year but his first year i think in the national hockey league and i knew he was leaving because it became uh he was at the was ufa and he was leaving in the last day of of, camp, of sure. the season And i was like can i will you sign a stick for me and he he actually came out with it already he was ready for me anyway he handed me the stick uh it's one of the few ones that i have it was and that was the first one i ever got was from uh wade red i i just think the world of him I, <laughs> not only on the ice but really good dude off the ice Oh, that's cool. Uh, Right on. By the way, if you like today's show, please like and subscribe it. I do have to question for you, and that is development camp's going on now. Um, Mm. What was your, I guess, development camp like? Uh, Oh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did something. Well, yeah, I had a tough start, (laughs) Wally. So I was drafted by the Blue Jackets. I was a six-round draft pick. And when you get drafted, your first experience being around the NHL is at development camp, right? So not at the time it was not what a week and a half later I was in in Ohio for Dev Camp we land we're staying at the uh, the Crown Plaza at the time it was a, just a dump of a hotel and <laughs> I was my roommate was was Trevor oh, Hendricks man. Trevor Hendricks was another defenseman that happened to be from Ottawa and played in the same minor hockey system as me and we were I think other than he and I and I think Grant Clitsum maybe was drafted as well we we're the only players out of that league the Ottawa league that we played in growing up through minor hockey that got drafted into the NHL. So Hendo and I ended up going to the same team. Hendo, I think was an eighth round draft pick. So we get there and players are, 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 you know, the first day there's nothing happening during the day. You just, you, you show up and meet at dinner, right? Dinner time. Everyone's wearing suits and ties sitting at round tables. There's a buffet and you know, your GM's going to speak. Your coaches are going to speak. They're all going to scare the living shit out of you. And then you go back to your room. So before that, Hendo and I get in our rooms and we look at the time. You know, there's little shitty little clocks beside the bed. And I think dinner was at like 5 30. We had to meet down in the in the in, in the, the conference room or whatever it was. And our clock, you know, I think it said 4:30 or something, something stupid like that. It was so Hendo and I were like, yeah, let's go buy some chew. At the time we both chewed tobacco. I've kicked the habit, full disclosure. So we walk out we walk down the street because chew in the states was very cheap right it was like you know 20 bucks here in canada for a 10 it was like three dollars or not even that in the united states so we're walking around and you know we're taking our sweet time and and i get a phone call and we had cell phones but they were like analog style cell phones right wally like it wasn't like a smartphone or anything the so, flip phone um yeah. yeah it was a flip phone or whatever it was and barry brennan the our Razor. strength coach at the time yeah, it was a yeah. I was, I think it was, I had, a, I had like a Telus or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was, I was 17 or, seventeen or eighteen years old, and I, I get this call from Barry. And Barry Brennan was the team strength coach at the time, uh, in Syracuse, the farm team, and he was from Ottawa. Barry later on went to become the head guy. But in any case, he goes, "Hey Hendo Meth, uh, what are you guys doing?" I said, "Oh, we're just walking around. We're, we're thinking of stopping at Wendy's. We're pretty hungry, and we're gonna we buy some chew." He goes, "Well, you're fucking late." For the, me- for the meal right now. So hurry your asses to this room now. My heart sank into my stomach. I'm like, oh no. So we, we run to the room really quickly. We throw our shirts on like a golf shirt with a tie, something stupid, run into the room. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there dead silent at these round tables, just, you know, staring at us as we walk in. Doug McLean, who was not shy to speak his mind, was our general manager. Doug McLean in front of the whole group Gives us one of these hey eh, with the finger like calling us over so hendo and i walk over he gets up everyone's just sitting there like watching it was like entertainment for all these guys and i'm already shitting my pants because like you know i'm a rookie i've never done this before and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna doug berated us in front of the whole group for a good like minute like a lot like a minute is a long time it's an eternity when you're getting yelled at for the first time from it and i'm a 17 year old like i you know i'm not used to this kind of responsibility i was working at dow's lake marina putting people in paddle boats like that was the most important job i had prior so basically he told us i'm gonna send both of you fuckers home if you don't show me that you belong here all week or whatever he said it just it scared the living shit out of us needless to say hendo and i went on to destroy the fitness testing the next day <laughs> i broke a bike record and i think hendo killed all the other tests because he was always upper body like very strong and uh, we both had terrific training camps. So we were able to laugh about that with Doug McLean after the fact. But like, I can't stress this enough. Like I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, that feeling. I, I remember it vividly walking in the room and it's like, what do you do? Like you just, you take your lumps if, if if that's the case and you move on. But we were able to get through it. We had a good training camp and we were able to move on. Yeah. Were you ever late again? No, no. And, and I'm so... I'm so, uh, punctual, like, and I'm not saying that that event changed my life, but it probably had a profound impact on it where, and my, it drives my wife crazy. Like if we're going to the cottage tomorrow and I say, we're leaving at eight 30 tomorrow morning, I'm the nut job in the truck, honking the horn at like eight 29, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yes. Which immediately create it immediately creates a fight like right away. Like she just I, wants to kill me. So I, I do that all the time. <laughs> if, if, if we don't leave at eight 30.
0: I am not in a good mood. I like my day's listen, ruined. Just be ready. Yes, just be ready. <laughs> so we'll be going on long trips to like Fredericton, which is a ten-hour oh. drive, and yeah, really, two minutes isn't that big a deal. But I'll be like, I told you,
1: we are leaving at eight thirty. Like I don't know what yeah. more I
0: need to say here. Oh yeah, I'm yeah
1: I'm, yeah. Probably it's, probably it's, it and it, 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 it impacts everything I do, Wally. Like everything I do, I'm like that. Yes. and it's part of that. And you're the same, right? Media is no different. Like you you have to be on time you cannot be late because you're going to be live on camera it's same with hockey players we have to be on time or you're going to get fined or you're going to get in trouble like it's just it, it, it i think it's made me a little crazy but that's okay if you're on time you're late i was
0: here's a well i guess it's funny now i was 15 <laughs> minutes early for the conversation that tsn used to lay me off so oh. i was on there before anybody else yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> um by the way doug mcclain has that voice because he coached me in hockey school uh i think two years in Fredericton has that voice that's very deep and commanding so that when he speaks on top of berating you it is very uncomfortable I can only it imagine.
1: projects doug mcclain is yeah. the one guy I still yeah. remember the one media guy that i remember watching on tv this is right after i got drafted. or Uh, right after Ottawa picked me up to play with Eric Carlson. We were a couple games into the season or whatever it was. And I still remember him and uh, Nick Kiprios having a discussion. And he was like, Mark Mathot will never be a number one defenseman. Never. (laughs) It just fueled me. I still remember that. I'm like, oh, fuck you, Doug. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like that was, but (laughs) and and (laughs) no hard feelings. But at the time when someone's questioning you like that on national television, it's going to leave a mark, right? So anyway but i have nothing but respect for him i'm just having fun
0: well i'll try to get him on the show we can have that hash that out uh <laughs> i think it'd be good anyway know, um all right we'll be back with another show um it's been fun there's been so much going on like um it's it this is a fun off season now right like it's fun to now to discuss potential of what this team is going to be
1: well the next the next big one will be re-signing or re signing will be extending Norris, right? So now what's that gonna look like? Yep. Like so this this the salary cap on this team is gonna look significantly different over the course of the next couple seasons compared to what it did, you know, 2019 yep. or when money was tight and people were complaining about the team not spending it. Well, Pierre's delivering right now, so we have to give him his props there, and he's he's correcting some of the miss mishaps if you will that it happened with some of the defense when they brought in that didn't work out so he's he's clearing up cap space he's making room for more guys to come in so they're heading in the right direction and i think Sens fans have every reason to be excited about that and i'm pumped to get the season started it's, it'll be good like and the other part is though and something to keep an eye on and i know
0: this is way outside the usual realm of the bubble is sure the canadian dollar is is going down it's now at like 76 oh. cents the more, and I call and I covered the sends when Rod Bryden was running it, and they were dealing with like the seventy cent dollar and the sixty nine cent dollar of how much that affected the right. payroll. When you're trying to compete with the U S. teams, right? Because it's all paid in U S. dollars, and you're bringing in Canadian money at a buck thirty, you're already thirty percent behind. So all that stuff really has an impact. Point. So just something yeah. to keep an eye on as they continue to spend here. Also, Matthew Joseph needs a deal. Alex Formington needs a deal. Uh, there's some money that still needs to get handed out.
1: Yeah, oh, well, that's going I'd
0: to like be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Meth, uh, get to the cottage. Uh, thanks, everybody, for stopping by. appreciate, once again, our sponsors, BEI Sports Interaction. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash walling the thought. And, of course, Whitewater, as we always enjoy the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater beer. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, oh, by the way, love the shirt.
1: Thanks. They're flamingos. Yeah, we got that. See you, okay. everybody. Thanks Bye. for stopping by.